What's up, everybody? This is Cortland from NDHackers.com, and you're listening to the Indie Hackers podcast. On this show, I talk to the founders of profitable internet businesses, and I try to get a sense of what it's like to be in their shoes. How did they get to where they are today? How did they make decisions, both in their companies and in their personal lives? And what exactly makes their businesses tick? And the goal here, as always, is so that the rest of us can learn from their examples and go on to build our own profitable internet businesses. This is a quick chat episode, which I've been doing once a week for a while now, where I bring on an indie hacker from the website who's been posting milestones about their project or their business, and we just talk about it for half an hour. So today I'm sitting down with Stefan Endress. Stefan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you. You are the co-founder of an agency called International Magic, where you build products and websites for your clients. But recently you started working on an internal product for yourself called Dex. So tell us about Dex. What is it and who's it for? Yeah, so Dex is a presentation app that we sort of kicked off three years ago for ourselves, really, because we struggled with the same things. We had the same issues like every other creative office or design office or designer freelancer has. We wanted to build a a new sort of like system that would allow us to create these presentations in a much faster way because sometimes we spend like two, three days on just a simple presentation or on a pitch. We just wanted to reduce the time and like make things available. Like still today, it's like super hard to have your own font and a video working and you just can send it off. It, it just doesn't work. It's, it's super complicated. I mean, you can use Keynote. It's super nice. It works quite nice, but then you send it off to the client the client doesn't have the font and then the whole thing looks like crap. And that that's just that's just one one use case really. So Dex is really a replacement for or a competitor to PowerPoint on Windows or Keynote on Mac. These kind of older desktop tools for presentations. Yeah, they they are to- I mean, they're still relevant, right? I mean, Ben um, our producer just researched how many hours are wasted each year for producing PowerPoints. And if we could Mm -hmm. put that number down, that would be an amazing goal. So we're going to, it's not only about like how you create them, but also how you store ideas into your system, because we want to build decks in a way where, where you can recycle ideas, but bring them into a new format very quickly. So almost like you get a new, you have a new client and he needs something and then you go back and you think like, oh, we've done something that could work like two years ago on that one or a half year on this one. And then you combine mm-hmm. all of these old ideas into a new format. And it's not about showing old ideas or recycling them. It's like some things just are not used and they fit for the new thing much better than for the old one. Yeah. You posted a milestone to your ND Hackers timeline in June of this year. You said that you kicked off working on Dex. So even though you had conceptualized it much earlier, you just kind of started working on it recently. Yeah. And your product page also says that you're making $500 a month from Dex already. Yeah. What do you think has been the hardest challenge in growing to that point? I mean, we, so the idea has been in our head, like with my business partner, Adam and, and I, for like the last three years since we started International Magic. But, you know, from a day-to-day basis, you just have all these client jobs and with, with a deadline and you never really kick off. And beginning of this year, I said, like, man, we, we got to do this. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm done talking about it. I want to make it. And then in June, 
we sort of like had team together with like two super dope developers, our producer uh, who could, you know, manage the team as well and, you know, take care of timelines, et cetera, because we are bootstrapped. So we have no funding, nothing. So we need to split our studio time in half parts, basically. So one group can work on the client side and one group can work on the, on the Dex project. And, um, yeah, it's been a, a challenge, but in June we finally kicked it off and I have almost done nothing but decks. And it's a massive relief from like, you know, when you, when you only work on client projects, you always have like this made up timeline, this made up deadline. But now when you work on your own kind of thing, you sort of like, you can accelerate actually like to, to the fullest amount. And sometimes things take a little bit longer but it's it's worth putting in the the extra energy. You know why you're going the extra mile, basically. Totally. And a lot of people have consultancies or agencies where they're doing work for clients, and yet they never do this. They never transition to doing their own project. Yeah. Uh, part of that's because you know when you're getting these regular paychecks from clients, and when you have an actual headcount of people working in your agency, uh, it's hard to give that up. It's hard to transition away from that. Yeah. And part of it, I think, is just confidence. It takes a lot of confidence to believe that you got a good idea for a product and that you can make it work and grow it to yeah. profitability. What gives you that confidence with Dex? I mean, I guess, you know, as I told you before the chat that I, I've been listening to indie hackers and figured out that there's a whole community around bootstrapping and indie um, startups and, and all that. It gave me like sort of the confidence because obviously when you never done anything like it and you never worked in a massive sort of startup, you maybe you're not confident enough to kick off but you know when you listen to all these podcasts and then people tell about their own things what they worried about and then they still made it that gives you confidence to actually just dive in surround yourself with everything you can find like read all the books like listen to everything you can and then educate yourself and then just do it and like you know you need to you need to find a great team that you trust but then once you made that call, it just it's, it's just amazing. And you just, every, everyone can do it, you know. Tell me about finding that team. Because one of the things you mentioned when you posted about kicking off decks in June of this year is that you finally have the right people. You finally have the right team together to really bootstrap this product. Yeah. So with International Magic, we've, you know, we are experienced design, UI design company building cutting edge things. And we often work on projects where we don't have a solution ourselves in the beginning, but we take on the risk and then we execute by researching and how it could work. And we have such a tight core team of developers who that we work since like five or six years together on a daily basis. And they they, you know, they're around the world basically, you know, Sweden. Um, I'm here in 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 Munich with Christoph, and then in London we have James. And um, this year, um, another developer who's like super strong on backend development work joined um, the team. And that sort of like gave me the confidence to build something like this. And I knew that we are now with two developers can execute something as big as this. Because I think when, you know, obviously in the bootstrapping, you can also execute small ideas really nicely and really quickly. But Dex is a little bit more 
advanced in, in terms of like coding and you need a proper backend dude who knows his shit basically. Like you can't, if, if you work with someone else's fires, you shouldn't mess up. So you can support this kind of team because you have client work coming in from your agency, but I wonder what your long-term goals are. Do you want Dex to replace your client um, work or you just always wanted to supplement it? Yeah, like I don't, I don't want to move out of client work because that's where always new ideas come from the outside into your company. You know, when they when when a client comes with a pitch or when they ask to do something, that inspires you, you know, and that that keeps like the creative flow going. And I think we never we never want to quit the client work. It's just something Dex is just something that we can build ongoing and iterate ongoing and make it better. And that's what I always been been missing. You know, we've done so much work for, I don't know, like FKA Twigs and like O32C and like quite high caliber like people. But then there's always like this deadline and then there's launch and then there's like bug fixes, hot fixing, a week of stress, and then there's silence. And then that beautiful platform go slowly into the dark corners of the internet where it starts to sort of like slowly melt away until we flag something and talk to the client or it's like, Hey, can we work on this again? Like we really don't, you know, there's, there's a so certain amount of like love and like ideas that, you know, as a creative, you put into these and you shape, you massage them to the very end, you know, and then you don't want to see them going away. And Dex is something where we can, there is no, you know, as software development, it's never done. And that's something what I'm looking forward to is like building something that we can constantly iterate, you know. Yeah, I've done work for clients in the past, building websites and stuff. And it's tough to have to give up your baby, to put so much work into something, to do a great job at it. But then once you're done, it's theirs. And they just take it and they can neglect it or take it down. But on the flip side, you get to work with pretty cool clients. So you're working with Twigs, which is awesome. Yeah. I was just at a Twigs concert in Oakland last week. She is she is absolutely wicked. I mean, so funny story aside, like we the last website she had is down now, but we did the last website for her. And um she, you know, obviously she has a team who takes care of her. But then on the final day when we finished development, we met up in London and then we showed her it. And the team sort of gave us the impression that she's always aware of what we're doing and she loves it and like amazing. And then she sits down, you know, and I'm like totally shaking behind her, like, holy shit, like <laughs> what, what is she going to say? And then she just gets up and gives Adam and myself like a big hug. And she's like, I totally love this. This is amazing. And I was like, and she said, like, I haven't seen this yet. I was like, I was just looking to her team and like, <laughs> okay, you, you played that one nicely, but yeah, that that was amazing. I mean, she's she's such a great artist. I mean, she's she's like her voice is amazing. She's a performer. She's an athlete. We've been with her on like a real time internet documentary where we sort of like she was rehearsing in Manchester, and we sort of like did a real time kind of like installation on the internet showing her work online and. Mm -hmm you know, you hang out with her and you just see that she's a proper athlete. I mean, she gets up five o'clock in the morning and has gym sessions everywhere. Like she's a proper, like, yeah, she's amazing. So Twigs is an example of a client who you do work for, for your agency. What kind of customers do you have for Dex? And also what are some of the differences between finding clients for your agency work 
and finding customers for your product? It's a good question. I mean, the finding customer thing for us as a creative studio, we've been super lucky. Um, we never sort of like try to find people. They We've been lucky enough that they find us now, but that that comes from Adam and I put a lot of like work before we started out with like international magic in our portfolio. We worked a lot like on, you know, things for like low budget and put all our energy and like, you know, thing into it. And then you build up your reputation and now international magic is here. And then, you know, it's, it's like once you, once you have someone like Twix or O32C, then it's easier that new people will, will come to you and talk to you. And um, I mean, last year we joined management artists. They like sort of like representing us worldwide. And then, you know, you work, for like even bigger clients under the radar a lot of times, but yeah. So that's one thing, how it works with international magic with Dex is the to is total opposite. And that's what I'm learning right now as well. Like I'm trying to, to sort of like find all these spots where I could like place it and not placing it, but where I could find the spot for Dex. So I'm really trying, I put a lot of like thinking into what is what is our core audience and first when i thought about it oh it could be everyone needs presentation so my audience is like pretty much everyone and it's like no let's let's start off with the people that i know best and like the problem that i have myself like okay let's do this for creatives and like innovators who working who understand the the proposition of this product so one and a half weeks ago or almost two weeks ago now and when we launched dex I put it up on Site Inspire. You can submit a website and it got featured. And then that hit that sweet spot of people, which is actually our audience, UI designers, creatives, creative agencies, people who are creatives and are looking for collaborators. So, and that basically hit our inbox like crazy. So the first three days is like 900 signups or something. And like from like quality dudes and and you know that which helps you know because if you put it first day on a product page if you put it on hacker news everyone signs up and you're like okay now i got i don't know maybe when it hits in kicks in you have like five thousand subscriptions but who is this that's how i'm trying to find find the people and you know we got a little bit of time because dex is still under development i mean we have the enterprise version which is like a custom installation in it and we're going to do all the templating from scratch by hand. But now still we have like probably around three months till the product launches. And that's the, the amount of time that I have to find more people getting excited. I think that's so smart to decide that, yeah, your product can be used by everybody, but that's not who you want your early target audience to be. You want to hone in on a more specific group of people, ideally a group of people that you like working with and that you understand so that way you can tailor your product's feature set and its design and its messaging to that group of people and make it something that's truly amazing yeah. for them just to get started. And you can also identify where these people hang out online. So you posted Dex to Site Inspire where you could find other creatives and designers to use it. And that's better than posting it in some general place where you're going to get all sorts of people who don't really, who your message doesn't really resonate with. One of the posts that you made to your ND Hackers timeline is you posted about putting up a mailing list so people could join and, and follow along with Dex. 
And you referenced being inspired by this post by Kevin Kelly called A Thousand True Fans. And I've heard a lot of people reference this post. So what does it mean to find A Thousand True Fans? And why did you find that inspiring? You know, when you start off like thinking about your own idea and how you could build it, and then you get overwhelmed because you read so much stuff on the internet. There's so much noise around it. But then there's it's, it's kind of a relief post because you read it and it's like, okay, thousand is a tangible number. This is a number I can get you know, my head around it and come on, like a thousand people should be doable for everyone, you know? And like, that was the inspiration really. And we had a, a talk in Antwerp for a design festival called us by night. And I was like, okay, cool. Shit. We don't have a product page. Christoph, we need a subscription page, like a simple sign up on the domain just looking kind of cool and we need it now because we have the talk basically in two days and then we sort of like introduced it on stage and we had instant you know people signing up like on that night like i think it was like 250 people or something i don't i don't remember exactly how many but it you know it spread out during a couple of days well you eventually got to a thousand because you posted another milestone to your Andy Hacker's timeline about reaching a thousand early adopters for Dex. And these are people who had all given you their email addresses and who had taken a survey as well, because you asked everybody who signed up to fill out a survey, I believe. Yeah. So basically, once you subscribe on the homepage of Dex.app, then you put in your email and then you get an, an email back with the double opt in, basically, um, confirm your email so we can put you on the list. And, and then you get a welcome message, one just more just transactional email, really, where, you know, I'm not going to like bullshit or something where it's like, hey, we just need your help. Um, would you mind like taking that survey and to become an early adopter? Because then I know, OK, these guys are real. Um, these are the people that I really want to show the product, the beta, as soon as it's ready, I can contact them, you know. And the funny thing is, if you ask, people really will do it. Like they will help you. People are by default nice and they, they are like super helpful and supportive. Like I haven't gotten any email where it says like, oh, you, you guys suck. It's like, no, like, <laughs> like it's been, it's been amazing so far. And I'm really like, I appreciate that. It gives like so much energy back. What have you learned from people giving you feedback through this survey? What I learned about is that usually as like creatives we assume a lot of times you know it's like when i talk with adam about a, a design job and it's like hey this could be a really cool feature or even dex you know hey let's make this this is like amazing i want this feature in then it's more like it's like emotion driven by emotions right because it's just a, a, a train of thought you have right now and then becomes so big but if you have actual data from a survey that a thousand people did then your sort of like MVP feature list reorders because people don't care if you have video integration just now and they just need import PDF function or something, right. you know, I'm just making something up, but you know, we have that MVP sort of like feature list and, and that is informed by, by the survey at the end of the day. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, even if you're building something for yourself, you're not going to guess perfectly what all of your customers are going to need and their top priorities and feature requests. You're going to have blind spots, which is why it makes so much sense to do a survey like this to talk to your customers because 
Uh, no matter how confident you are in your idea out of the gate, like you're always going to have some things wrong. I- Exactly. And they come up with like stuff. I mean, to be honest, we have thought about a lot of stuff, but sometimes like it hits you and like, yeah, of course, like how could I miss that feature? It's like so crucial, so important. Let's put this on the feature list. Just give it two heads up actually instead of one. So yeah, I mean, that that, that feedback is like so valuable, really. One of the things that differentiates you from a lot of the founders that I've talked to you is obviously that you've got this agency. So you've been doing a lot of design work and products for clients for a while now. Do you think that gives you an advantage when it comes to working on your own product, Dex? Um, yes and no. So once you get into this indie bootstrapping thing, right, everything you read is like execute fast, don't care about the design, do it quickly. And Coming from a design perspective and we create like, you know, we pride ourselves with like nice experience designs and we we really like polish our things till the very end. So coming from that side and building a design tool, a presentation engine that needs to kick ass is quite a big ask to not care about the design and just do a really quick website. So I thought like, okay, what do we do? Then we're like, okay. We need to sort of like build that UI framework that we can roll out and that saves us time in the end. So what we did is like we did Nodex sort of like app development. We sat down for a whole month and came up with our UI component framework sort of, you know, that we use for Vue. The whole thing is built in Vue. And I mean, we even had discussions, hey, let's just use material design from Google or Vuetify, you know, which is like the Google material design version for Vue. And I was like, no, <clears throat> like we can't do it because we only, you know, th- this is the only thing you can really own. Like ideas are, you know, everyone has ideas and presentation tool idea. It's not, I don't own that idea, you know, ideas are free and a lot of people have the same idea probably. But what you can own is like the style and your brand. So we wanted to sort of like really focus on that UI framework. And now, you know, we just made a list. What is What are the most basic things we need? Buttons, sliders, dropdowns, inputs, like all this stuff. And just spend a whole month doing nothing but this. And then, to be honest, the product page that is out now took us from beginning to end less than two weeks because I could support Christoph and James with um, with coding because it's more like Lego. You just plug in the thing from your framework and you just plug it in and then you, you style it. A, you know, you don't have to do any styling anymore. It just, just works out of the box basically. So this is the most, the biggest mission because you don't see a lot of like progress in that month. You know, you're building this encapsulated in your little bubble. But then once you, you use it, you sp- you save so much time, really. And now, even if the product has issues with functionality, that framework never changes. It's yeah. it's still still the same design. I love your point that you can't own an idea. Anybody can come along with the same idea as you, and you can't really stop them. It's not your property. Uh, what you can do is differentiate on things like branding and your design and like your unique relationship yeah. with the customer you're targeting and what you know about them. And those are all the things that you guys are focused on. So yeah. instead of throwing away the advantage that you have as a designer so you can move faster and just have crappy design, you're really doubling down on that in order to turn it into an even bigger advantage. And it's risky to do that. I mean, if I talk to a developer on here, 
they're probably going to focus way too much on code to the exclusion of other things. And if I talk to a marketer, they're going to focus too much on the marketing. And if I talk to yeah. a designer, you know, they're probably going to focus too much on the design. But at the same time, you know, if you can make that a strength, then it's it's not a bad thing. And your website looks amazing. I mean, I'm looking at it right now, and it looks better than the websites of a lot of VC funded companies. And this is just kind of a scrappy, bootstrapped project you guys have started. That, that's at. the goal. <laughs> do it, do it, do it without the angels, basically. You can do it yourself. Like honestly, I'm I'm a designer, but I also love to code. I do a lot of front end, like all the polishing, you know, the pixel pushing till it like feels right. It, you just have to make it feel right, and you know when it's right because it feels amazing when you scroll down. It's just like it has the the right amount of like you know white space or whatever. This is a big learning curve. I mean, regarding the idea that you can't own idea, I I actually need to give a big shout out to Peter Levels that who talked about his book make that I read obviously because it's like hands on and there's no, there's no yoga thoughts and dreaming about the next Tesla, the next SpaceX. It's more like, no, just go do it and and do it nicely and, and like, well, but do it fast. And, and he said that an idea is like, I don't know, worth 10 bucks, but it's about the execution, how good you make it. So even if you have like a not so great idea, if you do it amazingly great, then you can still make a good living or a fortune probably out of it. Stefan, you've been working as a designer and now a developer for many years. You've been working for clients, now you're working on your own product. What are some of the things you've learned during this time that you think other fledgling indie hackers would benefit from knowing? The biggest one is like, if you don't start off with yourself and be a solo founder, really concentrate on the team, keep the, the energy levels up on the team, um, surround yourself, read everything you can, listen to every podcast. I mean, YouTube, you know, it's free, like it's free education. You can, I mean, it's not free. They get your data and all that your analytics, but you know what I mean? Like you can just educate yourself and I do that, you know, I'm married, I have a daughter. So my time is also that I have like nine hours a day, my wife giving me extra an hour every day, but um, I have nine hours a day to work. But once they are in bed, like I go back and just read and like do the extra amount of work that's necessary. Otherwise, you're not going to get anywhere, I guess. So you have to put in the hours. There's no shortcut. And I would say in general, learn how to code because that informs your thinking and your design as well, because you're solving problems and yeah, you're just thinking about functions. All right, Stefan Andres, thank you so much for coming on the show. Can you tell listeners where they can go to learn more about what you're up to with Dex? Yeah, just either you follow us on um, Indie Hackers or you just go to dex.app, dex with a double K. All right, thanks so much, Stefan. Thanks for having me, Cortland. Thanks. Listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate it if you gave it some love on Twitter. Just find me. I'm twitter.com slash csallen, and I will have tweeted about this episode, so feel free to like it or share it. Also, if you're interested in coming on the podcast yourself for a quick chat with me about what you're working on, go to andyhackers.com slash milestones. You can post a milestone about any sort of accomplishment or achievement or feature you're working on for your app. And what I do is at the end of the week, I go through and look at the top upvoted milestones and invite those posters onto the podcast. So once again, that's ndhackers.com slash milestones. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next time. <music>